Welcome back to the podcast and this episode. This is part two of Ian's story. In the first part, we cover the period of Ian joining the Army Apprentice College and then serving through to his first adult unit. We now rejoin his story as he was deployed to South Georgia on a six-month tour. back to type there's about i think there's about 10 12 of us engineers on the island and about 30 infantry and the infantry were out and about all over the place sort of thing doing patrols and that but we were there just predominantly to um, look after the look after the, the yeah. like the island like the infrastructure and like the water supply and stuff like that so christmas came the usual thing i don't think people understand it these days there's no mobile phones I mean, airdrop every two weeks for mail, and food came in on about every four weeks, and that was, and so you'd have week um, mail on that as well. So every two weeks you got mail. Um, airdrop, when I say airdrop, it's like you you had them gripping and sound where the, the day was, um, and what they do is a Hercules would come up over, parachute a bag of mail off, and then bugger off again, and then we'd have to jump in boats, go out into the sea, and go and pick pick this bag of mail up. And then bring it back to shore, and that was how you got your mail, and that's it. And then came up to Christmas, and we were allowed one telephone call, which was two minutes, and that was the only contact we had with our families. And that that's like terrible. six months, that was it. I mean, and, um, people won't realise uh, how, just how much yeah. mail. I mean, it, like like you say, now mobile phones, texts, emails, and stuff like that, and it's easy to keep in touch. But back in yeah. the, them days, mail. Like getting a letter, getting a bluey or something like that. It was a big thing, you know. You really yeah, yeah. needed it. It, yeah. was, it was probably the biggest morale booster you could get. Yeah. I was I, I was writing every night because I, I think it kept my sanity a little bit. I mean, our alcohol was rationed quite rightly, um, <laughs> which did quite work out. But our alcohol was rationed, so you only had like two cans a night. But what they didn't know is that you just put those two cans tonight under your bed. So, yeah, you just saved it. But that's the next story. But it was a case of like, yeah, write every night, night, but you writing to them, it only went once every month, once every four weeks when the boats came in. So, your families at home, they get four weeks worth of letters coming in one go. And that's all the contact they had. That was it. And it's like, and then I'd say the telephone, that one telephone call, and that we sort of two weeks traveling to get there, two weeks traveling back. So it was like five months on there. I say, um, and it, it was a good laugh. It's like we had, we did, we got into lots of trouble as usual. I mean, especially me. Um, I've got a scar right across from one part of my arm to the other where I nearly died. Um, so we just said it was a little bit of an altercation. They put my arm through a window and I, I wasn't very sensible. I didn't take it out slowly. I just pulled my arm out and just sliced it all wide open. But unfortunately, the doctor um, that was stationed on the island with us was about 10 miles away up in the, in the mountains. So he had to run back with my sergeant and um, these two Marines. And I'm laid there with my arm down and you could see everything. It was, uh, it was about six inches long. 
uh, and then you went through the, the through all the top layers and down into the muscle and everything like that. And I'm just sat there looking at it. And if you touch the pressure point on your elbow, it stopped the blood running. As soon as you took it off, yeah. it was like Spider Man. This red thing just shot off. So I was doing that on the walls, like pissing about. And then sat there watching them, they injected it, and then they stitched it all up while I was watching. But the Marines, like, they went, In, do you mind if we have a go? I said, what do you mean? He said, can we do some of the stitching? I looked at the doctor. I said, are you going to control it? He went, yeah. So these two Marines, or this Marine, um, Staff Sergeant, had not done anything like that before. And me sat there, still half pissed. <laughs> and he's stitching my arm up. Like, there was like five layers of stitches. So he's doing all the base layers. like stitching up my arm together. And then the doctor finished the top bit off. Like, the, the, like the, what was supposed to be a tidy bit, but it's not. But he, he, he did that. And then... Uh, that comp- compounded with the fact that it was um, on the Christmas and we down there, there was an American ship came in, like a cruise ship. They were doing like the, the Arctic tour for people. There was all cities on it. And they came up and they said, um, oh, some of your guys can come on for a like, Christmas party if you want. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I was like, no, I'm not going. And everybody's like up for it saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going, no, I'm not doing it. And they said, why are you doing it? Because I said, I'll just get myself into trouble. I said, I'll know what will happen. I said, I'll have a few beers, and then that'll be it. I said, I'll just lose control. And I said, I'll end up getting pissed. I said, and everything will just fall apart. And they're like, no, it won't, no, it won't. So they did put the old, like, longer straw type thing. So I came out, and I went, oh, Ian, you're going, and you're in charge. I was like, I told you. I just like, I told you. I said, no. And they said, no, no, they're all going, you'll be fine. I said, I won't. I said, I won't. And I said, no, no, you'll be fine. You know you're going to get in trouble, so don't stop stop yourself. I said, I won't be able to. And my sergeant said, he said, no. He goes, don't he? Just don't do it. You'll be fine. So I said, whatever happens, I said, I've warned you. And we went on. There was like five of us, I think, five or six. So we're in the Christmas party, talking to all the people on the cruise and everything like that, and like talking about the island and everything like that. And the beer just kept, everybody was buying his beers. And it was just like, I was trying to stop. And somebody else was forcing another one, another one. And then one of the guys comes up and he goes, we're going down the Filipinos bar. I said, what do you mean the Filipinos bar? I said, all the staff on the train, on the um, on the ship are Filipino. And they have quarters down the bottom. And they've got their own bar. So I said, all right. So pissed as a fart, we all went down to the Filipinos bar. So we're in there getting pissed, chatting away to everybody. I'm laughing the joke. Singing all the squaddy songs and everything like that, and they're singing all their songs around the lap. Unbeknown to us, at midnight, the ship was supposed to sail to carry on its journey. So, two o'clock in the morning, we're still on there, <laughs> and the, the, the ship couldn't sail. So, it's like, so they went to shore, they've got found out, um, got like the, the sergeant major. The sergeant major was part of, was the infantry sergeant major, but they're obviously in charge of us as well. Brie came on. And with these, with these people, and the fa- finally found us about, I think it was about three o'clock in the morning, dragged us off and lined us up on the shore, and like the ship's getting ready to sail. People are looking, obviously, what's going on, and like Sergeant Major's walking down with his pasties, shouting at everybody individually. Like, and it's one of the guys, nobody knew. Every <laughs> forgot he was there. <laughs> he was that pissed. I grabbed him. <laughs> So I grabbed him and chucked him behind this building, like this wall behind us. I said, stay there and shut up. So he's hiding behind there. And this 
Sally Red comes up to me and goes, where is he? Where's like this live famous editor? I don't know what you're on about. He said, where is he? So he wasn't on the ship, wasn't with us. Because we grabbed him, went, went back to get some more beer. We grabbed him, took him back on. So I said, nah, nah, he's not, he's, he's not here, he's not here. So he's, he's proper got on my face, started screaming at me. And I thought, I'm not having this. Step back, went, pulled my fist back, just about smacking one. And then he moved on to the next person quickly, just as I was about to hit him. And I thought, and, I, I, and, and then I sobered up a little bit. I thought, I've just done it again, haven't I? Next morning, got grabbed, and I said, and the first thing I said is, I fucking told you so, didn't I? I said, I knew to get out of and you wouldn't be able to control everybody, and I told you, you wouldn't listen, and this is what happened. So I ended up getting bust, um, charged, bust, everything like that. So I came from, from that tour with a scar, a six-inch scar, looks like my arm's being chopped off, bust, um, got heavily fined, um, and bear in mind, I had no contact with the wife or anything or anybody for about a month. Got on, we got on the plane to from Ascension Islands to come back to the UK, um, and it was that storm, um, sort of nineteen eighty nine, I think it was. Yeah, it was nineteen eighty nine when that that's a big storm that where um, guy from Hello Hello, the tree fell on his head. Is that yeah? So when we landed, they wouldn't let us off the plane. Because I thought the doors would get ripped off the plane. So we've been away for six months, sat on this aeroplane in Bryce Norton, waiting for a few hours to get off. We were mega pissed off. Gets on the couch, M25 shut to go back to Maidstone, so he had to go through central London. Coach Brown didn't have a clue where he was going. Some of the lads had been in London before, so you've got two squaddies sat in the front of the bus trying to tell him where we're going. And when we got onto the open roads to come back to Maidstone, the, um, the wind's that bad, the bus was on, almost toppling over, so we're all sat on one side of the bus, stood up leaning against it to stop the, the wind blowing the bus over. Bus driver's screaming and crying, saying, I want to go, I'm stopping and pulling over, not going anywhere. We're screaming at him, saying, You're fucking taking us home. So we've been away for six months, we're going home. So got home, um, and it, in the middle of that term, my wife had convinced me to sign back on in the army. She said, We've got nothing to go to. So I got back and then I signed off straight away again. Uh, I had another 12 months to do. But it just went downhill again from there. Absolutely. Not through alcohol, it was just through attitude. I, I stopped. We went places, did things. Um, I, I, I made no interest. effort. Um, when I look back on it, I totally lost interest and was just a dick, to be honest. To the, to the simple things like when as, uh, uh, there was nothing for us to do most of the time. So they say, oh, I've got a litter picking up. And you get to a building, and I've read somewhere that within, I think, a meeting or a meeting and a half from the building, it was a responsi responsibility of those people in that building to um, pick the litter up around there, like all the five books. So they, they turned around to me and said, right, you need to go next, go pick all that up for them. I said, no. I said, what do you mean? I said, and I read the scripture because I remembered it. I said, no. I said, that's all a single accommodation. I said, I am not cleaning their accommodation, and I am not cleaning their crap up from outside the building. And I'm not cleaning their bin areas. They said, well, I'm telling you to. And I went, I don't give a fuck who you're telling me to. He said, I'm not doing it. And just stood there. And I'm like, but and I read it out again. and said it. And they said, and in the future, if you tell me anything to do, and if it's not compliant with them, the rules and regs, said, I'm not doing it. And they just looked at me as if I think, what the fuck? And it's like, what are we going to do with him? So they were all ready to go to Belize. Um, so if I'd went to Belize, it meant I'd have to come back 
like what you said when you got past yeah. and you sort of short party, wasn't it? So they said, oh, we'll just leave you here. So they ended up, they didn't know what to do with me anyway, because I was just like, I was being a complete dick. And then, um, and I, I made it obvious that I was fucking useless as well. I just pretended that I couldn't do anything. And even though I could do it, I just pretended I couldn't do it. So it was just anything I could do to get out of everything I did it. And then um, they stuck me in um, HQ troop and stuck me in the stalls. And I was just like, you've just gone. And then I thought, well, I'm not doing anything here. So I was just sat around in my house all the time. And then they went to Belize and they left me on the camp. Basically, it was about four people at like the back party. And I was just waiting to go out. Uh, my resettlement back then was like two-week course. I refused to do the two-week course. I said I want it as annual leave instead. So I got that. Got a job as a plumber. Oh, God. A few, about a month before I was due to leave. Um, so that was... I was good, when I was in the army, I was plumbing at the weekends, and this, I, they gave me a van, like this plumbing company, so I was plumbing at the weekends, and driving to work and back in the, like driving to the army and back in the camp, in this van. Uh, but at the same time, because this time I went in the Falklands, I jumped off the back of a lorry, um, on the day before we were coming back, like sailing back, and I broke the big knuckle on my toe, um, snapped it, and it was a case of like, go sick or just suffer it. So I just suffered it, just put my boot back on, this broken toe. And then um, we were doing pee on the boat, coming back and everything like that, I was just doing that. And then for the next seven years, I just suffered this pain, but it actually healed itself. But instead of healing itself like straight on, I'd had the lip and it was over, so it was all just deformed my number toe. So when I was at that, my last posting, I figured out that if I went, because I was trying to figure out if I, if something happened after I'd left and they'd have to call me back, then I'd have to go on frontline duties again. I thought, like, fuck that. So I went sick with this towel. Just on the off chance I could do something. So they x-rayed it. I went, Jesus Christ. Said we need to cut it off. So uh, <laughs> I was like, what? Said, oh, you're all right. We'll put it back on again. So they, they, I went in the, in the hospital. They cut my towel off. Like a big towel, took all the big knuckle out, then screwed my towel back on. And then so I was walking around like that. So and the upshot from that was I got medically downgraded. And um I really pushed that together. I I got managed to get medically downgraded for it, so I wasn't allowed to do anything. Um, like for PE and stuff like that. But it also meant like when after I got out, I couldn't get recalled and if, on my discharge papers it said not allowed to do frontline duties. So if I did get called back up, I'd have to be a clerk somewhere at the back. So I was happy. But all this was going on in, the, in my last year, so I managed to get myself medically downgraded, wouldn't do anything, acting like a complete dick, rubbed people up the wrong way, even the people I was supposed to be close with, like in the truth, and I didn't get on with them. I hated the experience at 20 Squadron. But it was still an experience. It was still good. But it was just in my mindset then, I'd switched off. And towards the end, I was um, driving around in a cast in that old um, Mitsubishi, that red one, driving around in that. So I got pulled in for that, got a bollocking for that. But when they called me in for the bollocking for it, I drove to it. So my staff, my staff started, sat there screaming at me, like, you're doing this, doing that. We're doing this, are you doing that anymore? I said, yeah, all right then. I said, I won't drive it again, don't worry. Walked out the door, jumped in the car and drove off. Looked in the rearview mirror, and there he is, stood in the doorway, looking at me as I'm driving away. And I just thought, fuck you. 
uh, the next day again wasn't a very pleasant day. But that's when they give up. They just said, oh, we'll just send you into these stalls, get rid of you. But yeah, so the back end of that was um, plumbing, driving around in a plumbing van, around the camp and everything, and everybody wondering what's going on. But let's just say I got quite a few toolkits from there <laughs> given to me. Yeah, one way or another. <laughs> that all worked out. I mean, it, I, they, they left me in charge of all the stores. Right, I'll say this because it's not um, but I was leaving the army, they left me in charge of all the stores, all the toolkits and all the trade. And I was thinking, what can I do? So I went into every single toolkit, every single trade, took one thing out. So bricking's kit, um, um, electrician's kit, plumber's kit, blacksmith's kit, all this stuff. And one thing out of each box, I had a full set of everything. And then just ordered it all back. So by the time they come back from Belize, it was all back <laughs> and in the box until nobody knew it had all come. So, yeah. So I just all stuff this left um, and came out, um, bought a house before we'd left, before I came out and on the Isle of Sheffy. Went plumbing for a while with this, with this firm. The firm was going bust, so we ended up self-employed. Um, so it was the, the recession in the early 90s. And, um, and I was like wondering what I was going to do, and I was flicking through the paper. Then what was the yellow pages back then? Again, no mobile phones, was there? So that was a big thing for British Rail recruitment. And um, ended up on the railway um, as a guard on the trains and soon figured out I could earn more money travelling up and down on the train as a guard going ding, ding on this bell to tell the driver when to stop and start than I was plumbing. So I've just stuck on the railway since. Um, working way up from a guard, up to like the head of ops of one company, and now I'm just training, doing, a tra like doing training, some project work with another one now. Waiting for the next seven years, excuse me, for the next seven years to retire again. Uh, that's me in a quick nutshell of just an hour. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, you'd be surprised how um, how close our early careers were. Um, it's like listening to you there is like yeah. shit. Yeah, I've done that. Uh, yeah, I've done that. Um, I think it must be just hereditary. Like our genes. Um, when you're on about, yeah, when you're, you're on about, like um, <laughs> yeah. cutting your arm, let's say, um, exactly yeah. the same thing, um, happened, um, yeah, in a battery bar one night, uh, was due to do deployment, uh, to Iraq 2006, uh, had things going on at home. Um, we needed to get back to the UK. Uh, I put in for a posting. It had got turned down. I was in the bar. Uh, didn't want to go to the bar that night, believe it or not, but it was a bar we do. Um, stood at the end of the bar. Uh, people knew I was pissed off. I was People buying me drinks to make me feel better. Them drinks got quite a few. Um, and it's... Yeah, Blessing. and Blessing the world. Yeah. I'm stood at the end of a corridor, somebody trying to calm me down. I went, I'm fucking not going to Iraq. I'm not going, I'm not going. I know, I'll get out of it this way. And I put my hand through a window. Um, woke up in hospital the next day in Hanover. Uh, didn't realise what had happened. Uh, I, I was in hospital just with a pair of jeans on. And a mobile phone in my back pocket, thank God. Uh, I rang the wife at the time. And uh, she, like, where are you? I was I'm in hospital. She thought I'd just... 
bugged it off for the night or something. Like no, no one had rang her to tell her or anything like that. I had uh, twenty eight stitches in my arm. Um, like no, literally no, no top or anything. Um, I was like, I need to go home, and they were like, no, you can't. You, you've got double layer of stitches in your arm. The Germans wouldn't let me out. I noticed uh, one of the lads who was from the regiment who was in hospital. I said, you got a spare top? And he was like, yeah, give me a T-shirt. And at the time, there was like transport used to go around the, the garrisons from the hospital. So I just walked out of the hospital, jumped on that and went on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> very similar. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's just a yeah. change. I'd, yeah. I'd, I'd love to know what Kev got up to or, or not. <laughs> Come on, man. I, I, I bumped into him in, when I was in Osnabrück. Um, believe it or not, mum and dad came over, um, stayed with us for a week, um, for a few days. But that's when she first started getting ill. She yeah, well, I remember like, if, if she had been over she? visiting but, you, they wouldn't have known what was wrong with her. No, no. She had got rushed off to hospital and that. So, so, so I've got Kevin there. So I wouldn't see him, seen him once, but it was the only time I went to see him was in Germany. Apart from when I got out, was, um, was I, I was no, I was still in and passed my driving test. So I picked mum and dad up and went up to York to see him there. But no, I mean, the only, I mean I, you came across. Yeah, it was a good slow, yeah. Came across the slow, you were at, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that crazy fucking sergeant yeah. major or whatever he was. Wouldn't let you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was bonkers, then. Uh, it's fucking tits, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. killed someone. Ah, good. <laughs> yeah, he well, really? as the story goes, he got into an altercation and ended up stabbing someone after after he left the military. Uh, I don't know how true it is, but it's, it's a good story to tell, I suppose. So yeah. go, going back to it all, then uh, bonkers, you didn't have that good a time in in the military then. No, to be fair, I did. Um, the majority was all right. I think it's some. I mean, it, it was a mixture. I think sometimes you, you look back, and I think it's human nature, isn't it? Sometimes you look back and you look at the bad times, don't you? You don't start concentrate yeah. so much on the good times. Sometimes <laughs> that, that was good England. Um, the, uh, it's, it's just like, like I said, the first two years was turbulent, it was up and down, lots of trouble, but great fun. Absolutely brilliant fun. My first posting was really good. Um, Eye-opening to the world. Um, wet behind the ears. Um, got into loads of trouble and everything. But it was it was good. Um, still in contact with a few people from there. On, on the Facebook groups and stuff like that. Second posting was good. Um, it was good in a way because we got us out of like, the UK. Just sort of lived somewhere else. Like, for, like nearly five years in Germany. Um, settled down there. Grow up a little bit, um, did a few tours and like doing things, but it was like too much time away from home. The last place, I was just like, I, I'd switched it off. I shouldn't have been in. I should have got out. I should, I should have stuck to my guns. And then when I signed up, when I first got there and got out, like um, as quick as possible, when I'd come back from the like South Georgia, in theory, I would have had about five months left and got out. I should have just stuck to my guns and done that and not listened. To, to other people and stayed in and then signed off like, like when I came back so I did an extra sort of well I did an extra sort of eight months 
and then I should have done. And then that that was the crux of it. That last eight months was just like it was just crap. Yeah. But I, uh, there's a lot of people I know that made a massive career out of it. They've started off with nothing. I know one guy. He got sucked to the junior leaders by the police. He's only just left. I don't think he's even left, but he's ended up as a lieutenant colonel, turned his life around and everything like that. You got other people that sort of like sort of fit down the running mill and just carry on. And so after I went in, um I mean I've got a Falklands medal. And so, um and people say, Oh, you should be you should be proud you've got that medal and everything. I'm like, but it wasn't I wasn't in the conflict. There's still a conflict zone when I got there, so that's why we got the medal. I said, but I wasn't in the conflict. So like I don't I don't go to Remembrance Day parades anymore or anything like that. And people say to me, I oh, should put your medal and go there, but it's like to me it's like a Yeah, I know it's, it's like a false medal. It's like it's not a real one. Yeah. And I, I think people outside the, the military or the armed forces don't understand it. They get a medal just because you 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 you're associated with something, but you didn't actually involve I mean, Northern Ireland is different because you're there and it's like everybody's under the threat. But like for me going down there, it's like, yes, there was people got killed when we were there. There's people lost limbs and everything like that. We were um, driving like the Eager Beavers, like the off-broad forklifts. What we didn't know at the time was a minefield. Uh, running around in it and everything, driving these fucking things in it. Then somebody comes along one day and says, you realise that's a minefield? And I was like, oh. And this was after the just, um, I was pissing about on it. And I was going along, like, you go up the slope, when you face forward, you go up the slope. I had this mad idea, so I'll fight, you know, or tip it over, gone along the side of the slope. So I'm driving along, and it's like, it's open cab, there's no cab on it, you just sat on top of it. And it started to tip over. And then suddenly realised that I was on the, sat on the wrong side. So if I jump, I had to jump off and then run before it landed on top of me. So I jumped off, right? And it's got it's like it's got the, like the big off right, not like yeah. the four ton trucks. It's got wheels like that on it, and a bit bigger. So I'm driving along. It starts tipping over, unbalancing, and I'm thinking I'm on the wrong side. It's going to land on top of me. So I jumped off, ran off, <laughs> and this thing's still going. It turns around, right, and it starts going towards its minefield, and not on the beach. I think fucking hell. So I'm running after it, and it's just it's just idling, so it's not fast. But I'm running after it. I'm thinking, how the fuck am I going to get on it? So, because the treads on the on the tires are quite deep, I put one foot as it came off the road, off the ground. On that, it lifted me up, round and jump. And as it got to the top, I jumped off and, and like scrambled back into the seat, stopped it, and drove back. And as I'm driving back, there's somebody stood on the top of the bank, just watching me. And I just thought, just ignore it. I just drove off as if nothing had happened. But, uh, but yeah, I mean. It, it, uh, it's like there's, there's loads and loads and the same as you there's loads and loads of things you can say and you can sit there laughing your head off there's so much good times about it but it's just the, the crux of it is I think uh, towards the end I was like a square peg in a round hole and it's like I knew yeah. that everybody else knew that as well so yeah but it was alright I, th- I think a lot of people say like would you do the same thing again and I honestly don't know I often thought like I should have done the RF and the RF regiment because if you think about it, when you're on exercise and never nearby, you're dug in the trenches, freezing your tits off in the middle of winter, and they're in the hotel or they're in this fucking yeah. heating tent next to you, and you're all doing the same thing, and you just think, 
why am I doing this? And they're doing that. Somebody's something. Somebody's doing something wrong on this. Yeah, not them, I'll be it? thinking back sometimes. I should uh, listen to what you and Kev told us. Don't join the army. <laughs> you, you, you both told me the same thing. Don't join the army. Join the RAF. Hey. But, you know, it was. But if you remember, we had a, a massive. I wouldn't say bust up. It was like, but not an altercation with you, sort of thing. But it was like, when was it? I think it was Nana's funeral. I think that's when yeah. you you're not far off joining. Then when you don't, you like joined, you just waiting to go in. Uh, and I was screaming at you not to go in. Don't fucking do it. And I was kept screaming at me saying, if he wants to do it, let him do it. And I'm going, you know about it, and I know yeah. about it. So why are you letting him do it? <laughs> and it's just I like, think with me though, yeah, it was just expected. Yeah. Everyone oh, yeah. just expected me to join because you two were in, and my mum and dad were uh, wanting me to yeah. go. Basically, yeah. um, I mean, the weird thing for me was when I come home on my first leave. Um, I walked in the house, and they weren't there. I was like, "All, all the furniture is different. Um, what's going on?" And then Julia walked down the stairs and went, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "What are you on about? I'm on leave. I've come home." Because you don't live here anymore. I was like, what? Eh? Uh, yeah. I was like, what are you on about? <laughs> no, you, you live in... You, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> Mum and Dad had moved. I was like, what? So she'd brought the house off them, with Aaron Malcolm, and they'd moved to Grantham. And yeah. they forgot to tell me. <laughs> so I was like, what are you on about? They're living in Grantham. Where's that? Oh, Lincolnshire. God. Where's that? Uh, spent a couple of days with her and got the, got the bus down to go and see yeah. mum and dad. But look, I mean, luckily they'd bought the house. Imagine me just walking in oh. and somebody else had. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's happened. A couple of people I knew that, that happened to. They went, I'm on leave, walked in, sat there. There was one guy who sat there, um, thought, oh, mum's done the place up a bit. Went in the fridge, got a beer out, sandwich, sat there, and this block comes <laughs> in, they start fighting. And then he's saying, it's my house, now it's my house. My house. The, the bloke whose house it was, was hang on a second. He like, said his name and everything. He said, your mum doesn't live here anymore, mate. She's moved out. She lives in another part of town now. And this is Hartlepool. And he was like, what do you mean? She's moved out, not even told him. But he still had, <laughs> his key still fitted. So he just walked in and there was somebody else yeah. as well did the same thing. But yeah, uh, you think about it, if you think from him, like mum and dad's yeah. point of view, they had three kids in the army. Um, like I said, I, I mean, when I was in, that was Ireland, like main thing. I, I suppose it, like, it was yeah. only real active too, wasn't it? It was Ireland. Um, but then when I got out, then it was like, you two went to the first Gulf War. Because um, yeah. you met that yeah. kid there, didn't you? Barney, Barney Egan. Yeah. Um, yeah, you went to the, the Gulf yeah. War, then Kevin got out, didn't he? And then you, you stayed in and you like, you, like what you did is what I class as I you deserve medals for. Yeah. Like not what I got one for. Because like you, you did quite you, I mean you did both Gulf Wars, you did Bosnia, you did you, you did like Ireland, you did so much stuff compared to what I did. I mean when I was in Germany, um we had a tour coming for Ireland but it was like the, the search parties. So like when if you'd gone anywhere the yeah. centers it's clear the route and everything like that. Do all the like the, the um, culverts and everything in the buildings, go and search for like bombs and everything, and booby traps. And that's what I was going in to do. And then they called me in the office and they went, Oh, you can go and do your sitting gills like be you'd be what I want plumbing course, your sitting gills advanced. I'll go to Ireland. And I stood there and I smiled. 
And I said, oh, great, you're coming to Ireland with us. I said, I'm a fuck. I said, I'm going on the plumbing car. I said, I ain't going to Ireland. Fuck that right off. I said, I joined the army for a, for a freaking trade not to get killed. Yeah, so I got out of that one. Because the, the, the other thing, I mean, Germany, I mean, because I was with that often and that many times, it wasn't unusual for my ex-wife to go into the camp and say to somebody, I'm leaving. If he goes on that exercise for the next three weeks, four weeks, I'm leaving him. So I'd go in, ready to go on exercise, and they'd go, what are you doing here? I said, well, we've got an exercise. He says, no, you are not. Your missus has been in again. Uh, so... Even from that, from a career point of view, that yeah. was fucked then, wasn't it? So you know that as soon as you, as soon as like your family gets involved and gets you stopped doing stuff, then your career is fucked. You know it's finished. So even then, so when I came back to the UK, I knew that uh, whatever I did, it wasn't going to make any difference. So, and then I had an argument with TLC saying that I didn't want to be in his squadron. I wanted to go somewhere else. I needed another pod. I said, "Because your squadron sucks." And all this sort of thing. So, yeah, like didn't do myself any favours. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally, totally. But it didn't, it, it took, I mean, it took me a while to realise that it wasn't just my fault. I mean, I, I was blaming myself for it all and everything. But, I mean, compared to most people, when I came out, I adjusted fairly quickly. I'd adjusted, up, I'd, I'd adjusted before. When I left my first wife, um, I got the train back up to Hull from um, from Gillingham, and ironically enough, I walked on on the platform, and the first person I bumped into was my my last staff sergeant from when I was in the twenty squadron. He was sat on the platform, and Andy, I can't remember his last name, but he's, um, I walked down and I looked at him, and smiled, and I shook his hand, and was chatting away, and uh, and he turned around to me and he goes, "In my whole army career." He goes, the 20-odd years I've been in, like 22, 23 years he was in, he said, there's only one person I ever met and I knew would be all right in City Street and wouldn't need to adjust. And he goes, and you were it. He said, and he turned around me, he goes, you just did not belong. He said, you, you, when you came to us, he goes, I knew straight away you didn't belong. He said, and you proved me right. And he said, you should, when you first signed off, he said, you shouldn't have signed back on again. He said, you should have just got yeah. out and just suffered what, what would have come to you. He said, but you were the only person I knew would be all right. He said, you just did not fit. He said, especially in that, this, that squadron. He said, you just I mean, it could have fit. been, yeah, it uh, could have been different if you were in different places. But like you say, it, yeah. some people, it's just not for them. I mean, you, well, you did yeah. like nearly 10 years or a bit longer. Yeah. The, uh, Living up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> longer, longer than you probably yeah. wanted to. And, it, it it is what it is. Yeah, it's just a bit. I mean, I found yeah. it hard. Yeah. You know, I had seven years it. I did in the end. Yeah. From boy service to, to leaving. The, uh, then reached the high rank of full screen. Yeah. So, I mean, the... Uh, yeah, but you, you, you did have the chance to go further if you wanted. But I don't think people realise as well. I think people say, like, see the rank system in the army, but they don't realise, like, as a like sapper bombardier whatever you want to be you know, like I wouldn't say cushy but it's like you don't have as much responsibility then you go up to like Lance Corporal Lance Bombardier and then you, you go like Corporal and Bombardier type thing yeah. and then you, you then you're talking about mess fees aren't you for that rank and then you go to like sergeant and it's not just mess fees it's like mess uniform yeah. and like the amount of money you have to pay out and financially yeah. and you're better off staying as a corporal anyway 
take it's on it right. towards the end. You know, I got offered a yeah. kind yeah. of go go and do this and you'll get promoted. And I was like, I don't want to get promoted. And I got I remember talking to one of the guys who was a sergeant yeah. at the time and he turned around and said because you're just scared of the responsibility. And I was like, it's not so much that. I just I'm better off where I am, not just financially, but in mindset and stuff like that. And then when my last job, working in uh, yeah. headquarters yeah. For the, with the careers or the man, uh, career management and that, I was I was a sergeant, but all in rank. You know what I mean? There was even mentioned on my reports and stuff like that, and yeah. I was happy. I was my last few years in the army for me was brilliant. Um, I mean, I was I was downgraded. Um, years before that um through my, my legs i'd had uh, shin splints uh, for like 10 years and it was just a, you know a case of oh you, you, you're overweight yeah. and i was like i'm overweight because i can't fucking run you know and not nothing to do with eating too much and drinking too much obviously the uh the and i ended up with the um, i ended up with a hernia in both legs um so operation on that hey eh? I didn't know you could get that. Yeah, basically the I didn't know the, you could get that. The, the, the front muscle on my leg. It was too big for my short, stubby legs, um, and it, it literally yeah, it it burst through yeah. the, the sheath on both legs. I'd, I'd been in Germany, got posted to Germany. They sent us back to Catrick to see a specialist. He, I walked in. He said, "Right, drop your yeah. trousers." I said, oh, "Just I've only just met you." Um, Dropped my trousers. He looked at us and he went, yeah. right, you're getting operated on. I was like, what? And I looked down and there was like two big lumps on me shins. And that was the muscle coming through. So operation on that. Um, that was fine. Yeah. It felt great afterwards. Went back to Germany. I uh, was on sick leave. Um, literally bent down to put a um, tape in the video recorder. And my leg split up. Which was a bit of a shock. Uh, went to the med center, seen this civvy doctor, and he turned around and went, "Oh yeah, it's all right. It's it's fine. It's clean. Just let the air get at it." And this was on the Monday morning. Um, by Friday, it was smelling a little bit. Went back to the doctor, seen seen an army doctor, and he went, uh, "Have you got your med kit with? Uh, got your overnight kit with you?" And I says, uh, "No, I've, I've just come in to show you this." Like, and he was like, "Right, I want you to go over to the German outpatients." department which was just across the road on camp walked over there um german doctor looked at us and went oh yeah i'm expecting you come in sit there um have you got your overnight kit i was like no she goes, oh well you better go and get some because the ambulance is coming for you i was like right okay i said well i'll just get someone to bring us bring us in uh, ambulance pulled up i got blue lighted to hanover hospital um I, no one's said anything to me what's going on I'm yeah, I'm laid on this table <laughs> and like all these nurses yeah. and the doctor come up and like the nurse has just grabbed hold of me. And I was like, what the fuck's going on? And the doctor's like going, This might hurt a little bit. What what's gonna hurt? And just pulled the scalpel out and started cutting away at my leg. And then I passed out. And I woke up the next morning, I was on the infections ward. Turned out I had fucking gangrene in my leg. So I was like Nobody told me anything. You know, it was the most painful thing I'd ever experienced in my life. Snuck out of the ward, went downstairs because, like German hospitals, are not like UK ones. The, this one had a bar in it, and you could smoke inside. 
So I'd snuck downstairs to have a tab. <laughs> this guy walked in, full leathers on, helmet. Yeah. Looked like a frigging hitman or something. He walked up, looked at me, took his helmet off. He says, what are you doing, you? I said, I'm having a tab. He goes, get back upstairs. I'm the doctor who operated on you yesterday. You've got massive infections in your leg and sent me back to the ward. I was like, I was in hospital for like a week before they ended up kicking me out because I kept sneaking out of the ward for a tab. In the end, they just went, right, look, just go on. And uh, I was off work for, or on, on, at home on sick life for like nearly six months because this, this hole in my leg wouldn't, wouldn't close up. And when finally went back to work and they're just like, right, we're off the Bosnia. And I was like, well, I've had, I've done no training. I've still got a hole in my leg. And they went, well, tough. You've got to go to Bosnia. All right, fine. So I, I deployed Bosnia with a frigging hole in my leg. I could put my finger in my leg. It was mint. I could hide things in there. I could have smuggled drugs. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, it, you hit the nail on the head there, yeah. don't you? Like, and there was a lot. There was a lot of that. And it, yeah. you know, yeah. it's. It, it is what it is, though, you know. Yeah. Right, we've been on this for like an hour and an hour and a half. I think yeah. it's long enough now. <laughs> You're gonna have to split it up. Yeah, uh, no, be surprised. Two, yeah. I mean, yeah. like I say, the ones I've done up to now, um, people are enjoying them, and they are listening to them all the way through. Uh, but I think this is a bit of a long one. It might be in might be yeah. in two bits. This one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, oh, there's loads um, of this now. Large, large, I, large I spoke to a guy last night. Yeah. Uh, I did one with an old mate I was served with, and it wasn't until afterwards I'd stopped recording that we started talking about other things, and we were on we were on for ages. And I was like, "Yeah, we could we could do it again." Type yeah, of thing, you, you know. You, yeah. you, you remember so yeah. many things. Um, yeah. It's and it seems to be it seems to be yeah. good for people as well to talk. Um, I don't know how many I don't know how you feel about it. Um, but you, you you remember things and you remember the bad things, but you remember more good things than the bad things, and it's it's kind of cathartic to get it out and talk about it. Yeah, there's loads of stuff floating through my head. It was like a mate lost both his hands, somebody else same thing that lost both his hands, um, and that accident it was like somebody nearly died through shock. There's all sorts of things you can talk about. There's a guy who got squashed in between two like APCs. Um, I just stood there, I was like mouth wide open while I looked after him. Um, there was other stuff that happened. There's a, a guy running around the camp with a machete trying to kill the sergeant major <laughs> and all those sorts of things. Come on, talk, you know what I mean? But you're right, you could go on and on and on. But yeah, but now it's been good. Yeah, yeah you're yeah, more relaxed um, this time, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> it's new, and I'm, I'm enjoying doing it. Well, that's it. That was Ian's story. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, if you got this far. Uh, please leave a comment on Spotify. Uh, share it on your social medias. Let anyone know who you think would like listening to it. Uh, thanks for listening. Look forward to the next episode. Bye-bye now.